Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. That's right, Colin, and I need you to straighten up, I need you to get into your line, I need you to get your uniform on and, and correctly fashioned... Mm, it's falling apart. I could never make a drill sergeant. It's time for basic training, buddy. All right. What's with the uh, accent here, buddy? What accent? I thought I was <laughs> signing up for the for the U.S. Army, not the you know U.S. Wimp Olympics. The Olympics. Olympics. Yeah, very good. <laughs> there we go. All we right. got there. We found some so, sort of thing that we can get to. <laughs> the Olympics. Um, the good old Olympics. Uh, we are reading. The, a Olympics, a re, a re, though, does sound like a little bit like the uh, Mowage. Mowage yeah. is what brings us all it's together. It's like that plus the Wambulance. Um, yes. All right. So I almost said a reading from, but this is not uh, a reading from. This is, we're going to start uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, we're going to start at 1945, and we're going to go on through through 2130, and here is what happens. Okay. The recruits are standing in a semblance of a line with tiny little Steve in the middle of the line. <laughs> Peggy Carter comes up and calls them to attention. A guy named Hodge starts hitting on slash heckling her, hashtag men. So she has to <laughs> she has him step forward and put his right foot forward, and then she slugs him just as Colonel Phillips pulls up. He commands her he commends her for breaking in the candidates and tells Hodge to get up and shut up. Phillips begins to talk about how they are going to win the war because they have the best men, but he falters at the end of the sentence when his <laughs> eyes land on Steve. <laughs> That he is, looks at, oh, sorry. I, I mean, that's it's a it's a Tommy Lee Jones tour de force. In it this really scene. is. There is no one that could do this role better than him. Absolutely, absolutely. He looks incredulously at Carter and Erskine, who is wearing an amazing hat. He says that the men are going to get better, much better. Then he tells them about the Strategic Scientific Reserve, an allied effort made up of the best minds in the world, as we see scenes of the guys roughhousing in the bunk and also Steve pulling lots of books out of his suitcase. He continues to talk as we see the men begin to do an obstacle course. Hodge is sneering and trying to sabotage Steve through the rope net wall and the barbed wire mud crawl. Steve. So mean. It's so mean. Steve gets tangled up in a rope net almost immediately on the rope net wall, and Hodge kicks out a supporting post on the barbed wire crawl so that Steve is stuck in among the barbed wire. Steve never stops trying and moving forward. Phillips continues to exposition dump. They are going to start with one man. Every army starts with one man. And by the end of the week, they will pick that man to be a new breed of super soldier to personally escort Adolf Hitler to the gates of hell. Peggy notices how Steve is being treated and how he's persevering anyway with a small smile on her face. That is what happens in this scene. So, the first thing we need to do is we need to do a little roll call in the style of Avengers Ensemble. Ooh. Avengers Ensemble. Colin? Yep. I Okay, for, let's get let's get the yep. let's get the, the the old guard out of the way. Colonel okay. Chester Phillips is played by Tommy Lee TLJ Jones. Uh, he was in Men in Black 1 through 3. He was in oh, The yeah, Fugitive, No Country for Old Men, and Batman Forever. Um, Colin, just real quick. Yeah. Which of those, wh what's your pick? What's your What's your power pick for, for those? For Honestly, list? listen, I think he was great in Batman, right? But there is yeah. something about Men in Black that yeah. just hits so right. 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, and also, I feel like that is also kind of what leads into this as well. And yeah. um, what's the, I know that we didn't include this one, but what is the movie, I want to say it maybe it's Lincoln, that he's in with Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Daniel Day-Lewis was certainly in Lincoln. Because uh, he, he plays one of the like senators, I believe. Okay. And that I and like he is also kind of a curmudgeonly old guy, a but Tommy like, Jones figure, right? But like, but like with a gold heart kind of thing, mm-hmm. which I think is great because there are times where I think typecasting gets annoying, sure, right? But then there's also times where I'm like, every time I see this man, I go, "This is perfect." Like, no, like, like I said earlier, when I had to kind of interrupt, which was just like, no. Like when you see that scene, you're like, there is nothing that you could have done. Yeah. Like if they had put anyone else in that scene, I would have been like, no, that it's Absolutely. wrong. Throw it in the trash. Try again. Absolutely. Get the real deal. Exactly. Uh, he plays Republican Congressman Thaddeus Stevens of Pennsylvania, of Pennsylvania, a leader of the radical Republicans and and a fervent abolitionist. Stephen right. fears that Lincoln would turn his back on emancipation. Uh-huh. Which he didn't, but only because of people right. like Thaddeus Stevens. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. Lincoln's like, He's are you sure that I can't turn my back on emancipation? Because that'd sure make me a lot popular. Like, <laughs> you know those Twitter accounts that are all about like accountability of current day politicians. Yeah, have you seen this? I feel like that's what he was. Right, was yeah. just like constantly tweeting, and by tweeting, I mean just like physical, real life notifications showing up in Lincoln's like you know, immediate space being like, Hey, remember that thing you said 20 yeah. days ago? I remember. And I'm going to make sure everyone else does. <laughs> and I just like slowly hands him a piece of paper and he's like, uh, he, you can find him fine. at, at now Thad's what I call accountability. <laughs> um, that's too that's many characters, good. but back in the day, Twitter was a lot, they had a lot more characters available because there were so many, so fewer people on the internet. It was just so, someone going into the town square every hour and going, here's the race, the recent updates. At yeah, exactly. Says, yeah, exactly. All right. So um, for, for my pick, um, I will say, yeah, Men in Black is, is absolutely classic. Uh, the Fugitive, though, is just so good like it is it's a good movie in and of itself but it is also like you can cut out all of the tommy lee jones stuff and put it in a separate movie and it would still Mm. be just mm, just chef's kiss i feel like i haven't seen that movie recent enough to remember most of what he does in that but it's also that thing of just like we were talking about with his career it's like i feel like i could tell you exactly what he does yeah i also you know i will say uh as we're mentioning this, though, it almost feels as though they did not give him a script for this movie. Because I, I feel like at this point, they're like, listen, you get the bit. Like, yeah, just yeah. show up on set and yeah. just go. And that's also why, because like it it almost feels as like when he sees little Rogers, which is the only yeah. way I have to describe sure. him at this moment. Sure. When he sees him, it almost feels like, the, like a genuine surprise and also yeah. a genuine, oh, God god like yeah exactly. it is so good like as if no one put that in the script so when he sees it irl he's like come on dude what the hell is happening exactly so disappointing exactly um so now the other character that we meet in this in this uh scene is named gilmore hodge mm-hmm. and he's a real piece of shit but <laughs> god the actor who plays him colin yes. 
The actor's name is Lex Shrapnel. Lex <laughs> Shrapnel. That's his real like that, that's as his far as I can Christian tell that's, name. As far as I can tell, that is the only name. I, I didn't see any AKAs. I didn't see any born as Lex Shrapnel of the Pennsylvania Shrapnels. I have to imagine. Like, listen, I, listen. Did you? <laughs> I want know you to find. That, I want that you to find that his name is is Gordon. You know Franklin or something like some some. But it is a bold bold move. One. To have the actual name Lex Shrapnel. Two, to choose and go with the name Lex Shrapnel. Do you think it's like Alex or like Lexington or like... Listen, Lexington Shrapnel? (laughs) I mean, mean, that actually sounds like a villain name. I mean, like... Alexander Carey Shrapnel. His name is literally Lex Shrapnel. I mean, Alex Shrapnel. Any way you slice it. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, of course it like at the end of the day it is just ends up being Lex. But like I'm wondering how yeah. much of that is like, you know, did his parents just cuz like I know someone who um you know like uh I think nowadays hearing the name Chaz as mm-hmm. an actual like first name versus as a nickname yeah. is a lot more common, but like I definitely know like a lot of people are like, "Oh, is that short for like Charles?" and they're like, "No." It's just Chaz, right? Like, and it's like I wonder if that's like actually was this man born like Lex? And he's like, no, there is nothing else in that name. I don't even have a middle name. It is literally Lex Shrapnel. Or is it? Do you think he like goes home for the holidays and his mother's like, I can't believe you've dropped your full name, Alexander Shrapnel the Rally? You know, (laughs) right? Well, it turns out that Shrapnel is named after a guy. General Henry oh. Shrapnel, the British soldier who invented the shell, the sense fragments of a bomb or shell originated during the First World War. So that's I wonder if he's cool. related to, and also he's English. That's that's one thing mm-hmm. is, this is Captain America, so of course he's mm. English. Um, but he does a pretty good accent, I gotta he admit. Does. I feel like doing really cocky uh New York sort of like, eh, we'll get a load of this guy is maybe a little bit easier maybe Probably. to, yeah. Cause like, I feel like every, a lot of the times when you see like clips of people asking someone who's like British or maybe Australian to be like, can you do an American accent? Yeah. A lot of the times the go-to voice is either Valley girl or mm-hmm. uh, like Texan oh, type sure. sounding like, like a very well, much Texan like, is so close to shoot him, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, you're, you are right on that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but like, I, I do think I have heard people before do a little bit of like that. Hey, I'm walking here type of yeah, thing. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Well, it just, I didn't put this together, mm-hmm. but the next thing we're going to talk about is the thing that Hodge says, which is what's with the accent queen Victoria, which That's is hilarious <laughs> for an English guy putting on an American accent to ask of a, a English woman not putting on an accent. What's with the accent? <laughs> Do you think he was like, "Hey, this is um, this is actually really insulting to me." Yeah, and like I will say the line, but I just want you to know I'm doing it under protest. Well, so I did some looking, and mm-hmm. it didn't make sense. Like to call her Queen Victoria. Yeah. So Queen Victoria had been dead for 42 years at. <laughs> The point of when he would be saying this. Okay. So he he actually would be more accurate to ref Elizabeth, even though she wasn't queen yet. Although she was 17 at the time, so maybe real life Hodge wouldn't have been worried about that. But for the movie, maybe they would have 
Nah. But then I was like, although, how old is he? Which is a, a go-to James podcast question. But, hmm. like, if he's, like, 18, then... I'm guessing 22. 22? Okay. I don't know about you, but Colin's guessing 22. Yeah. No, um, you know what? Hey, James, I hey. actually... I, I'd like to change my answer. He yeah. is clearly 23 because nobody likes this man. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. Mark Hodges. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so, the one. The next thing is a visual thing, and I don't mm -hmm. know if you'll be able to pull this up as a, as a screenshot or whatever. Or listener, um, when Phillips pulls up right after uh, Phil, uh, Carter has punched Hodge in the face, she looks exactly like Julia Stiles for just a second, almost as if there was like a Julia Stiles deep fake for like a moment. All right, and I've never noticed on. before, but uh, yeah, hang Let's on, we're, 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 we're gonna have to check this out once one, one moment. Interesting. I see it. Like it's it's a it's it's doubt it's self doubt Julia Styles. You know but... what I think part of it is I think it's because for some weird reason her posture changes drastically mm, and she mm -hmm. pulls her shoulders so far up. Yes, that yes. it changes the like the literal shape of like everything that she's deal. doing. Absolutely. Uh, yep. And in a way, it's actually kind of nice because I feel like everyone has turned away to like address Phillips arriving. Yeah. But you know, I almost wonder if this is also a moment for Rogers to kind of see that. Yeah. She, she almost has this moment of, like you said, like the self doubt kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like as if like she is actually kind of also doing this by the seat of her pants kind of thing. Uh huh. And yeah, absolutely. She, she does this and she's like, God, I hope that worked. And yeah. he's kind of like, Oh wow. Oh, the, I like a strong woman. This is this. Yeah, is... exactly. Exactly. She and of course, she's me. like just as self conscious as he is. But he's like he's seeing both the confidence and also now the unconfidence. And he's like, yeah. hey, yeah, yeah, you and me both. <laughs> um, the put one right foot forward didn't make sense to me for a little bit, but I realized it was he stepped out of line. Like he he literally broke formation, so she was allowed to. <laughs> James, that makes so much sense. I thought this that was like kind of like a boxing thing in a way, yeah. like as if like you're assuming the position essentially of fighting, especially because he says, oh, what are we going to do? Are we going to wrestle? Right. You know, he's like, I got a few. He's getting, you know, cocky. And then like, I assume that it was like, okay, you didn't put your Dukes up. So here it comes. Right. I also love just let's really quickly say that Tommy Jones is, hey, uh, Carter, I see that you're breaking in the recruits. That's good. Yeah. Like, he very clear is like, that's good. He's like, yeah, you show him. <laughs> All right. So, um, Phillips quotes General Patton when he says, wars are fought with weapons, but they are won by men. So, I, I wanted to look into uh, General Patton, mm -hmm. and I really had my fingers crossed that he wasn't a real Patton son Penny? of a gun. But, okay. uh, so, uh, before we get, let me get, let me start this off. It seems like he had his, like, racist anti-semitic sort of stuff oh. but that he didn't he kept it sort of in a ball at home and didn't like he had assistants that were black he had he commanded black troops and he didn't treat them any different but like in interviews when they were like so what's up with black people he was like yeah i don't know i'm whatever so it sort of feels like it was one of that old like back when people used to be able to because he wasn't making any policy right it sort of feels like he 
a soldier's a soldier. And that's basically what he said was like yeah. a soldier's a soldier. I don't I don't even care. I'm not I'm not worried. Separation about of church and state in a way. Like I a know that bit, that's yeah. not the same exact thing, but right. like the idea of like he has He keeps his beliefs at home. He, yeah, exactly. Like, he yeah, he yeah. checks his ego at the door in a way. Yeah, know? exactly. All right, so let's start off with a quick uh, General George Patton alias investigations. <gasps> Oh, that I is this the first time we've done that for an IRL person? I think so. That's cool. and I only wrote two down, but these Still. are the these are the cream of the crop that rise to the top. <laughs> okay, Bandito, which is which is pretty cool. Honestly, that's pretty tight. <laughs> and then Old Blood and Guts, which is also it's sort of the op. Like yeah, there's a, there's Christ. Old Blood and Guts Patton. Which is, yeah, people did not, as we say, fuck around with nicknames back then. So right. here's the quote. Uh, Wars may be fought with weapons, but they are won by men. It is the spirit of the men who follow and of the man who leads that gains the victory. And he said that in the Cavalry Journal in September of 1933. So I wanted to, I don't have very much more, but I did mm -hmm. want to read you this other quote that I found when I was looking up where he said that first quote. Because oh, I think yeah, it is yeah. pretty, pretty freaking badass. So here we go. Oh, also, the context of this is they were secretly, or they, he was sort of secretly moving around because if people knew where he was going, they would try and like kill him because he was like the big dude. So, don't forget, you men don't know that I'm here. No mention of that fact is to be made in any letters. The world is not supposed to know what the hell happened to me. I'm not supposed to be commanding this army. I'm not even supposed to be here in England. Let the first bastards to find out be the goddamn Germans. Someday I want to see them raise up on their piss-soaked hind legs and howl, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's the goddamn Third Army again and that son of a fucking bitch Patton. <laughs> <laughs> it is frustrating to know that this is a dude who has controversial... I shouldn't mm -hmm. say controversial. I feel like that's way too light uh, on his thoughts. But like, it sucks to know that this dude is like at home a pretty shitty person. But then, like, in times of war, honestly, yeah. says some pretty fucking cool things. It didn't seem to me like he was mm, any more racist than anyone else. It didn't seem like. <laughs> yeah, okay, if that's, true. If, if I may. It's the 40s. Like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. It seems like he's just kind of box standard racist. Right, that's exactly. Fine. Exactly. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know. I, I feel bad. I need to look this man up. It's like Shane something. Hang on. Shane West. Comedian who... Talks about, oh my God, what the hell is the guy's name from Diners Drives and Oh, uh, Guy Fieri. Oh, Guy Fieri. about how, why do we give him crap? Right, All he's done yes. is love that. Shane Torres. Okay. Yeah. So to me, Shane Torres talking about Guy Fieri, right? And about how like he would be the kind of guy that would go by like El Fuego uh -huh. and just like be picking up live grenades and tossing them back over. Yeah. Saying things like, welcome to Flavortown. That is kind of how I like... Based on what you just said, that's how yeah. Patton feels like to me. The way the way he's like, I want them to not know it's me, and then go, God damn it, it's Patton. Like, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Like just the way he's like They're pissed so tiny legs. That was the line. <laughs> They're pissed so tiny legs is that is a very visceral visual thing. And I love yeah. that he's like, I don't care who hears me say it. And this he said this, by the way, in a speech to the Third Army in 1944. He was literally like, all right, time to speak. Okay, got my index cards. Okay, piss-soaked hind legs. Okay, and 
Um, he also rode a horse in war. Like he he would he had this horse that he rode like yeah. when he was in battle, which is pretty cool. The movie Patton is really good. It's a little you know, yay war like uh-huh. the movies of the time were, but like it's pretty good. Anyways, so that is uh, General Patton. Uh, I have uh, this is sort of from the IMDb. Uh, it says the drill sergeant yells at Rogers to get his rifle out of the mud, even though he is clearly holding it out of the mud. Like his rifle is, it doesn't Fully. touch the mud. Ah. But apparently this is a technique that drill sergeants use to try to drum out weak, the weak candidates. Mm. By the way, this would be what drums me out of, of basic training. Being accused and yelled at for something I, I am clearly oh, not yes. doing. Oh, same. Oof, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I, I would argue back. I, I would not last long. Yeah, Exactly. Um, also, okay, I just remembered something about what you just said may, reminded me of something that you had said at the beginning of this segment, by the way, okay. about it takes one man to start an army. Yeah, the, the, the quote that, that Phillips says is, uh, every army starts with one man. Right. And yeah. that, to me, I was like, that feels like, though, not nearly enough. And like, I guess I get the sentiment, but I was like, you can't say, here's one man, and then go, well, we've got an army, right? Like that. So I did just super quick look up how many soldiers does it take to make an army? Because ah. <laughs> uh, that made me, uh, sorry, how many soldiers does an army need in order to be qualified as an army, sorry, is the question. Right. Um, and a former colonel at the Indian Army answered this with, uh, there is a term or phrase uh, of one-man army. Uh, however, generally the word army is used as a common noun to denote a body of fighting soldiers of any size. A fighting unit is composed of sections, platoons, companies. Um, sorry, and companies can also be known as squadrons or batteries. Um, an infantry section is of ten men, a platoon up to forty, and a company of one hundred twenty plus. An infantry battalion will have eight hundred to nine hundred all ranks. Uh, armored and artillery and others each have their own composition, uh, but service units have uh, their own composition as well which, you know, the variables can change, you know, here and there. And like, there's like organization trees. Uh, but right. like the, the first bit is sort of the most common uh, way of looking at it. Brigades, divisions, and corps are fighting formations, which is an interesting thing. Like, I mm-hmm. guess I'd never really thought about what the difference of some of these things would be. So right. some of these are basically like your unit, but then the other thing is you could be a core, but then uh, your core could be basically disrupted and become a brigade. Or right. But like right. a brigade is three infantry battalions supporting elements, then will be three three thousand five hundred to four thousand, et cetera. So like there's a bunch more other things like to, right. to go into, but like I'm not gonna read yeah. everything about every army ever. But right. that does also say that so I, I would assume that at this point, in order to have an army, you'd probably need at least ten in order mm-hmm. to have an infantry section. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good to know. So um, that's my I, that's my two cents. So get in line, Phillips. My I'm my two cents now. <laughs> my two cents is uh the band One Man Army uh did record a split with Alkaline Trio on the BYO split series. It was the fifth one. Uh I don't know their side of it, but the side of Alkaline Trios is is really good. I didn't even know there was a band called One Man Army. Yeah, One Man Army. They were discovered by Billy Joe Armstrong. So good oh. go him. Hmm. Um so okay exactly that is a song um so in the comics yes uh general chester phillips he was a general in the comics 
He was the army liaison to scientific projects seeking to create a superhuman operative at the onset of World War II, most notably Project Rebirth, which is what they call it. Right. Uh, General Phillips handpicked 4F Army reject Steve Rogers to become a part of the 1940s Project Rebirth experiment, so Phillips picked him. Uh, in particular, he admired Rogers' patriotic spirit, because it was the 1940s. Later, oh. Phillips was a part of picking Rogers as the eventual super soldier Captain America. Phillips also oversaw Rogers' initial training as well as some of his early missions. Uh, it does say that despite Captain America Sentinel of Liberty Number 2 giving the general's first name as Chester, uh, Captain America Annual Number 2000 later states his first name as Richard, but the official Marvel indexes confirm that his name is Chester. So I think huh. in the Marvel wiki, wiki they call him like uh, Richard Chester Phillips. Or Chester Richard Phillips or something hmm. like that. Like they, they just sort of combined. Um, is is the Sentinel one? That's the most recent thing, isn't it? That's that's they see the the problem. Symbol of Truth and Sentinel of Liberty are things that they've called Captain America forever. Oh, okay. So yeah, the, I think Sentinel of Liberty that's going to start coming out in June is Volume Two of Sentinel of Liberty because this was Volume One. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That does. God, sometimes they just love to complicate things in a way that I'm like, why do you do this? Why are yeah, you like this? Exactly. Well, in the I just read um uh House of X and Powers of X. Uh-huh. Um, and in there there's a house of M, but it's not the house that, of M. it's Mystique's house. Oh and I'm like, come on. <laughs> do they at least call it House of M too? Nope, they just call it House of M. So, uh, also, I looked up the SSR because I was like, what was that called? It's an MCU original. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, And then I do want to read this from the novella. Um, His efforts didn't go unnoticed. Agent Carter and Dr. Erskine had seen Hodge try to sabotage Steve over and over again. And yet each time, Steve had gotten back up more determined than ever. You know, um, former Saints coach uh, Sean Payton taught me uh-huh. an important lesson uh, on the weekend that we are recording this uh, episode. Uh, when we were recording this, by the way, it is Sunday, May 15th, 2022. Mm. Yes. Uh, and on Saturday, May 14th, 2022, yeah. uh, said coach did remind me that the band Chumbawamba mm-hmm. uh, in the seminal Anarchist song, band Chumbawamba. Yeah, in the, in the you know hit classic song, Tub Thumping, did remind us that I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. And that is the quintessential Steve Rogers message because why James pissing the night away, Colin. I I was going to say I can do this all day, but you know, that also works. (laughs) The, the the German army will be pissing the night away. They drink a whiskey drink and they drink a vodka drink. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's their their piss soaked hind legs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do want to say for the audience, uh, Chumbawamba is actually a an anarchist band. That oh, yeah. Most of their other songs are incredibly anti authoritarian and anti government, which makes Tub Thumping better. Like the song that mm-hmm. it is such a massive throwaway one hit wonder hit is absolutely wild to me. Like it would be like if, if smash mouth now I know smash mouth has its merits and stuff, Uh but it'd be like if smash mouth was actually like a hardcore band and they did one song that was, you know, all-star or whatever, Mm -hmm. but all their other music was like, like, like super straight edge hardcore, like Like, (laughs) almost like extreme, right? Cause extreme was like this metal band. And then they did, uh, uh, more than words, more than words. Yeah. Um, 
this is the second time in uh well the Frankenstein jukebox episode that came out on Wednesday, we also talked about extreme did you <laughs> and really? how wow, they were a so metal funny. band that just did. Yeah. So and their drummer is literally just sitting in a chair, reading a magazine while the, yeah, the, exactly. the, the two of them are just getting down to like a, an acoustic guitar and some candles. Absolutely. Mm. Anyways, that is all that I have Colin. So if you want to take us to some social media, let's get Absolutely. out of this boot camp. I'm feeling militaristic. I agree. It is uh, mess hall hours. Mm, and mm-hmm. I heard that it's slop night. <laughs> Ooh, every night slop night when you're in war. What? <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to. Uh, I would like to recommend to you a little podcast that you might have heard of. It's called A Blink and You'll Miss It. Um, It's got this guy as the host. Hello. You've probably never heard of him before, but his name is James Anderson. Uh, And every episode is five minutes or less. It is a Blink-182 and Blink-182 adjacent band uh, discography podcast. Um, And it's, it's so easy to binge. And you also might hear another familiar voice on, honestly, far too many guest spots, but James just <laughs> liked him so much that he just kept having him back. Um, so either that or just did not know how to tell him yet that you have overstayed <laughs> your welcome. Uh, so blink, blink and you'll miss it. Uh, Bay me, as we call it for short. You can find all those episodes on scavengersnetwork.com or on any other podcatching app of your choice. Except Spotify. That's also true. Actually, you're right. I did forget about that because we were concerned about kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Also super lazy. <laughs> well, there are two reasons. We'll, yeah, we'll, 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 keep, we'll keep that one on the deal. Uh, so anyway, Blink and You'll Miss It, and as well as Blink and You'll Miss, the end of this episode. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Timeline Scavengers. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. What's with the accents, Queen Victoria Excelsior? The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.